Alright, welcome on to a new arguing about food. It's been a little while, but that's because we hung out in person a little bit for once, which was nice. Got to eat some awesome Montana food. Did the annual Montana-themed dinner that you cooked. That was awesome. Yeah, that was my favorite one, I think. Should we regale people of what the Montana-themed dinner consisted of? Sure. Although part of it was more French. But yeah, yeah. Um, our our friend Eric uh, got... Fr- French Montana? <laughs> yes. Good call. Um, he sourced us some really awesome uh, Idaho trout. So kind of like full fish sides baked with like lemon, oregano, and all the the good stuff. Um, And then uh, my husband has been getting, he's so good at meatballs now that he can make it with any type of meat. (laughs) Uh, So we did some uh, bison meatballs and haricot vert, which would be the French element, but basically green beans. Uh, Yeah, roasted potatoes, you know, pretty basic foods, but like felt like we were eating of the terroir. Yeah, I I was very impressed by it. I, I loved it. You know, the prime rib was like my favorite thing that you've ever made for me actually on a different night, which was fantastic. But Which is impressive because I'll do better too. That was the biggest piece of meat I've ever cooked in my life. I mean, yeah. unless you count like a 25 pound turkey, but I don't really because most of that is carcass. That was the biggest piece of beef I've ever cooked. Yeah, well, it was awesome. Uh, and I had leftovers of it for like six days after you left. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> Um, so, of course, we are not here to actually praise anything. We are here to complain. I think people like it better when we complain. I don't know. If if that's not true, let us know. But the ones where we're, like, actually being nice, like, saying our favorite things, I don't think people like it. I don't know. For me, it's, uh, it's the, the kind of day I'm having, you know? <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I really prefer to listen to the positive, and most times I prefer to listen to people bitch. <laughs> Yeah, well, I hope your day sucked today so that you are in the ornery state of mind that you need to be (laughs) to discuss the things restaurants do that annoy us. And this is not stuff that servers do. We're talking about like actual restaurant business practices. The decision is made to do this at the management level where you have worked for years and years so you're uniquely qualified to discuss this this may involve me complaining about things and you being like oh yeah it actually has to be done that way shut up <laughs> but i also think that because the things that you are actually going to criticize here you're coming from a place of experience so you're very able to do that so uh, give me a restaurant business practice that really annoys you that they just should not be doing um i think that uh this is this is an interesting one to start with but uh anytime that the furniture is not movable you know like the stools or the bench are like bolted into the floor um (laughs) well they could be stolen at any time (laughs) right I mean, I understand a banquet, you know, the whole purpose of it is that it's against the wall and it's creating structure. But but when it's a stool, especially a bar stool that you like can't move. um, Yeah, I I just can't get behind it. and I, you know, being lanky, and I'm sure this is even worse for you, of course. Oh yeah. There's never enough room for my legs, and the height is at this weird level usually where my feet can't balance on anything, um, or if they are going to, my knees are knocking into a table. I, I, uh, I, being a person who doesn't like to move the furniture in restaurants a lot, I respect where it is placed. I still want the three inches that I might be able to get with uh, <laughs> without it being bolted in. <laughs> Yeah, I could stand to move back 
a little bit, certainly. I actually had a different stool-related complaint, which is not having hooks under the bar for, like, purses and stuff. But more importantly, not having that bar that goes under the bar to rest your feet on. Yeah, because counterintuitively, being 6'6", people are like, oh, yeah, you must like, like, the high-top tables. But I generally despise them because... It's still too far for me to put my feet on the ground, but just hooking my feet underneath that bar that's like where you have to put your legs at like 145 degree angle, like an acute angle to, I guess it wouldn't be 145, it'd be like 45 degrees uh, angle. And it's just like not comfortable for your knees. I got bad knees. I need space. That's that's part of the height thing. I mean, I'm only 5'10", and I still find that those the the bar under the stool is uh too high for me to comfortably rest my legs now for a short person sure they might be closer to a 90 degree angle but for me i'm like you know up there it's like i'm driving my car with my knee um yeah yeah, well and you know if it's one of these like bolted down chairs it's gonna be completely uncomfortable like it's probably gonna be this uh convex stool that like the actual surface area is like you know maybe one inch wider than your butt cheeks at most and if there is a back it is uh you know one of those guys that is also i guess convex kind of like pushes you forward and uh it's terrible i i just i guess i can't think of a single reason why that is actually necessary in a restaurant design Uh, i know of a couple places here in chicago and i suffer through it and sit at their bar or even at tables with these attached stools but there's no reason like even with the you're telling me you can't police like three people moving stools around a bar just tell them not to say you know no it lives there that's that's how there are some bar like some like college bar or something where it's just like such a shit show at night but then i think you just if it's really that bad you also you can just like take the stools away and leave more room at the bar for ordering anyway yeah um okay here's my first one cash only Ooh. what fucking century is this <laughs> most of my favorite places are cash only <laughs> but that's not why they're your favorite places no not typically no okay i mean i know why they do it right but like it's makes it way more difficult on the customers it makes it way more difficult on the servers nobody carries cash anymore it's like your place is so special i have to change what i'm doing and make sure that i have cash now and they're doing it because they're popular enough that they can get away with it and then make more money by not getting whatever like the three percent fee on their credit card yeah um and I mean, I kind of hear you. I, I do think that it's uh, it's a little much for places to be cash only at this point. But especially food, especially food, like a bar, yeah. okay. Well, especially because at a bar, kind of what I'm getting at because most places that I know that are cash only don't have food. Um, yeah. And like, and then it gets even worse when they actually go down to change in this day and age. It's like, come on, fuck it. I don't need the quarters. Like, if you're gonna be cash only, at the very least, just everything rounded to the dollar. I'm fine. <laughs> You know, Um, but that's not true for everybody. And um, I think that the cash only allows the business to stick with only one process for which they, you know, uh, balance their books at the end of the night. A lot of places don't necessarily have like very consistent staff who might not be able to handle or that they might not want to teach the the credit card processes that happen. Um, 
And then, and yeah, there's the, the added expense of even having the POS terminal and the credit card processor and the fees that are associated with that. And then the fact that now it's illegal, I believe it's illegal to not have the chip reader. Because um, I remember when we had to go through that process so that every terminal had the chip because otherwise it's like not covered by your insurance or et cetera, et cetera. So I get why they're still doing it. Um, I am lucky enough to have a husband that makes cash money in, uh, in, in his restaurant or his bar, which by the way is cash only. And, uh, thankfully he just kind of takes care of all the cash transactions for me and I never go to the bank. Yeah. I, again, if it's a bar, that's different. Right. But, um, Yeah. yeah, I mean, and also, you know, if it's not cash, then you wouldn't be able to, as a bar patron, hold out your money at the bar to indicate to the bartender that you are now ready to be served. Yeah, that's yeah, a it's, critical component of ordering at a bar. It's just not as flagrant with a piece of plastic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Although I've seen people try that too. It's like, oh, oh now they're gonna see. You. Now yeah. they see you. Oh, you do you not see money. the lights reflecting off of my microchip. <laughs> <laughs> oh money all right i just i didn't think you had any money that's why i wasn't taking your order <laughs> yeah it's it's a good one um, um anyway i i do yeah. I, I hear you but obviously i had some justification for why folks still decide to do uh cash only uh i agree with you though food come on why are you doing this yeah they should um, be they should not take any cash at all honestly i think they should just be all cart that's much more justifiable um, and hey, I, like if you want to raise your prices another three percent to account for that credit card fee i will gladly pay it to not have cash. That's yeah i mean during the um sort of first reopening of uh my last restaurant after lockdown it, we really did not want to take any cash i mean it was maybe only twice a week that we ever did everybody was supposed to be paying touchless and sorry vincent's really on some stuff right now um my That's cat okay. is going crazy uh yeah, yeah this like, is we, why we, people should watch the video <laughs> by the way so, subscribe to arguing about cash. food yeah search <laughs> arguing about food uh, on youtube um Okay, what else uh, it really annoys you about restaurant business practices? Um, when they have... So this is also sort of like pandemic-related, uh, I guess. When their QR code is either like one of those like really funny, fancy ones that doesn't register, or it's like out of date and that's the only menu they have available. Basically, I'm just thinking these restaurants that are using the QR code only as their menu now... You really have a, huh? It's atrocious. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't care. As long as it is updated and clear and not covered in ketchup or whatever, like, I just, if you, if, if we've decided as a society that now all we need is this little box to get us the menu for this restaurant, fine, but it better be correct. It, you know, it should be updated and uploaded daily or however often you change your stuff. And it shouldn't be just like some disgusting laminated thing that's taped to a small like little sandwich stand whatever it, it's got to be let's take some care you know you're saving on the paper costs so maybe at least print it every once in a while to have it not covered in disease um so yeah you're talking about the actual qr code picture itself yeah like when they've you know been using it for so long and it's like not properly cleaned yeah but, but you don't have, like to totally it, you don't have to touch um, it you don't i don't that's I the mean, point of the qr code i don't really care if it's covered in crumbs and like clearly had a beer spilled on it 20 minutes ago i still i don't care if i don't have to touch it i don't want to look at it 
Okay, that's fair. I, well, to me, my problem is more that my ordering process takes probably five times as long if I'm trying to figure it out on my phone. Like, I need to be able to quickly dart my eyes back and forth between all of the options because I'm going to be ordering multiple things, obviously, as well. Yeah. I, I'm someone who just hates doing things on my phone overall anyway i feel like the villains in superman 2 that get trapped in that sheet of glass every time i'm trying to do something on my phone it's like i feel like my entire essence is distilled down into this <laughs> five inch long screen and i'm just in there and i can't see everything that i want to see it's just like you can get way more information on a piece of paper than you can on your phone i think if you're gonna if you've got like the ipad or something like that's starting to get big enough where it's not a problem this is a total old man rant by the way but yeah. Yeah. I just like I, I need to I need a nuclear explosion to break me out of that little piece of glass. Get me back to the paper menus, please. Um again, yeah. it's just like how much are you really I, I guess you know printing out menus is it's gonna take someone five minutes i mean how much of a pain in the ass is, like how much time and money are you actually saving by going oh, to the qr code instead so, of paper so much <laughs> so much i mean if you are any kind of successful restaurant whatsoever and you're trying to print i mean you know i, I at nico we printed something like 300 dinner menus a night I mean, that's incredibly wasteful. And it's not like they're all just, like, done in 10 seconds. You've got a host whose job it is to, like, be printing these things. She's down there for 45 minutes printing the menus. And then, you know, um, user error. What if, you know, they didn't put it in on the right side to do the back side and then you've wasted a yeah. 40 well, and menus don't forget, before you, if you figure it out? If you run out of something and you're reusing the menus, then you have to, like, cross it off on every single one of them, too. Yeah, one time we had a little stamp that just said sold out. It was, like, in script and supposed to look cute. But, I mean, it was, it was a lot of effort. And um, those, most of the printers that restaurants have uh, are leased, you know. And they're actually charged per sheet. So, for instance, at my last restaurant... We would kind of get a little, you know, talking to if we accidentally printed a bunch of stuff that wasn't menus in color because color was more expensive than black and white. Um, yeah. There, I mean, it's a huge expense. It's pretty ridiculous. Uh, I don't remember th what the exact percentage of our total uh, cost of goods was on paper and ink, but it's unnecessary. And if you can avoid it by yeah. having a QR code, it's I, I understand. Um, I just well, all right. So, so let me ask you then: If you owned a restaurant or managed a restaurant, it's solely up to you. You know, let's say it's a, a decent restaurant, not like super high end, but just you know, somewhere along the lines of like what Galit was. QR code or menus? One menu for the table plus QR codes. Um, I I would have a printed menu and 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 the ability to give them more if they really need it. But otherwise, you know, QR code and you can kind of have one tactile menu to share. Yeah, I mean, it is the menu is probably the greatest touch point in the restaurant between you and the consumer. Like this, that is a chance to impart your experience and branding on them. Maybe more so than just about anything that you could be doing. You know, I I think at least you know whether it's the feel of it, the font, the way you're going to describe everything. Like that's what's kind of making your mouth water. You you write out this whole ridiculous description of what the dish is yeah. and stuff, and like you want people to be able to experience that and really feel. 
like they can remember what that is, look back at it easily without having to scroll through again. You know, you want to just pick it up and be like, oh, what is this? Oh, yeah, okay. Um, it's an experience that is definitely being taken away from dining, but I I tend to think that the benefits outweigh the negatives. Um, and a really fine dining restaurant, yes, I would probably still be making the expenditure for printed menus. Like, I, yeah. you know. I mean, you're doing a bunch of other shit at that fine dining restaurant that's totally unnecessary, much more unnecessary than having a printed menu. That way. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, let's let's move on. What do you got next? Is it your turn? Or is it my no, turn? I was oh, no, your turn was a QR code. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see here. I'm going to do a few rapid fire here. Okay. So have you dined with us before? <laughs> oh, man. See, here is the problem that I have with this one. Because I hate that expression, but are we now moving into something that is not necessarily restaurant practice, but rather the specific individual? No, that's a management a situation. Table? Like, no, no server is going to ask that of their own volition. Uh, okay. They have to be told to do that. Uh, no, they don't have to. It, no? it, it could right. it could have been yeah. practiced at a former restaurant, now they do it here. Or they're just so used to hearing that when they dine out that they assume it's something they're supposed to say. But, like, for instance, you get at any type of nicer restaurant, you get a chit, a little ticket at the beginning of the meal that says the person's name and whether they've dined there before. Any notes that they potentially have on, on the guests. But, I mean, if you're going to, like, a, a place that is a little bit more casual maybe it is you might be right maybe it would be like a management decision that you say this to yeah. every table well if they have the only time i'm okay with it is if it's really some place that does things in a way that might be different right if you go to the all you can eat brazilian steakhouse all right you probably like if I, there's something that i need to know if i haven't dined here that's gonna like prevent me from actually experience <laughs> this restaurant properly <laughs> you mean like the red green coaster situation yeah <laughs> yeah fair yeah. Uh, but but other than that, I find it patronizing. It's like, nah, come on. It's it's a restaurant. I think we understand. <laughs> All right. I agree with you. You were going to rapid fire. Sorry. Oh, yes, I, I was. I made you okay. not rapid fire. Artisanal appearing anywhere on the menu. <laughs> oh. Just an absolutely, completely meaningless word. It means yeah. nothing. There, no one can define for me what an artisan is other than someone who makes something. Yes, I assumed that the person who made the bread made the bread. That's <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, it would be really hard for me to not laugh at a menu that actually had the word artisanal on it. A, a lot of them do. I mean, it's and now it's filtered down to you know like Panera Bread or whatever too, right? Like right, yeah. Uh, th there's that same problem uh, exists in the spirits world as well, where uh, you know somebody put artisanal in the bottle and it, it meant one thing, and now it's gotten to the point where you know soon Jose Cuervo is going to have artisanal on the bottle. <laughs> Uh, the shredded lettuce garnish underneath something terrible underneath the sour cream underneath the guacamole now like one third of my sour cream or guacamole is completely inoperable <laughs> it's just it's terrible why did they do this it doesn't make it look better particularly not shredded lettuce all right you want to put just like a leaf of lettuce like a nice green leaf of lettuce underneath this thing all right that's fine i think that actually enhances the presentation yeah just putting like some 
narrowly shredded iceberg lettuce underneath something that it's going to stick to, please don't do that. Please don't. I have no justification whatsoever for this. I, I, I'm <laughs> zero. Uh, I, I could explain why perhaps it happens, but it, it wouldn't be, um, it wouldn't be worth my time to justify this. I don't think. <laughs> okay. What, what else you got here? Um, let's see. So I think that, uh, this is something that doesn't happen all that often anymore, but I loathe is, uh, bathroom attendants, like in, uh, oh my God, hotel, club, anywhere. It's absolutely, I don't understand. I don't know. Uh, oh, what... you, don't, you don't consider that an indispensable service for someone to hand you a fucking paper towel. That's right. A seafood. You, you could do without towel. that. Uh, yeah, and then especially without the guilt of not wanting to give them any money for handing me said paper towel. I mean, it's not like I haven't tipped bathroom attendants before. I have, but that's because, like, I didn't need your service in the first place. And now you're here doing something for me, and this is your career, so yes, I'm going to give you, like, a dollar or whatever I'm going to do, but... I'm going to call it a job. I'm going to call it a job. I'm not going to... I don't know if we can call it a career. So I appreciate coat check, right? In in a nice restaurant. I think that that is a service that is really lovely. It's putting your coat in what we hope to be a safe space off of the floor. You know, it's (laughs) it's a nicety, and I will and I'm I am on board for tipping for that. And not only that, but you don't have to take the service, right? They can say, "May I check your coats?" and you say, "No, I'm all right." But in the bathroom, this troll is the only person between you and your paper towel it's like they're like asking for you know you to answer a riddle in order to cross the bridge it's ridiculous <laughs> so I, i'm i'm i think the bathroom attendant needs to to go away forever i think it should not be a job option yeah i think you're right there like who who misses the bathroom attendant that's where it's like that this is an indispensable part of having a nice experience that yeah. I just, I can't really enjoy this restaurant unless I have someone, like, listening to me peeing. And offering me lotion afterwards. <laughs> uh, there was a really uh, funny bathroom attendant, though. Uh, I used to go to late night parties at this VFW hall in here in Chicago. They had a liquor license, so they ran a bar until, like, 4 a.m. And, and they had a bathroom attendant. It's this divey VFW. It's like, you know, a pool table that has barely any felt left on it. it and then is that woman, where they host? uh who's more grizzled on snl <laughs> i don't know i don't think i've seen that skit maybe oh, i have so good. yeah it's got it's robert duvall it's it's amazing all right anyway all right. um anyway i liked her because i just thought it was so strange to juxtapose this you know kind of career <laughs> that seemed to fit only into like fine dining luxury places into like this uh, just trash rave situation, basically. Yeah. That's that was so. Like, did any women other than you go to this thing? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, quite, really? quite a few. It was well, because they're open heavy. late, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How did I never get to go to this thing? Uh, I don't know how often you were actually in Chicago at the time, but uh, okay. I don't think I was inviting you places at two a.m. with a pool table and karaoke ever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh. Okay, this is this is what I wanted to get your take on. This is 
annoys many a restaurant pa- patron, no doubt. Not seating your party until it is complete. Yeah. Um, I think that it is... There's very there's good reason for it, for the restaurant's viability. Um, there's even a little bit of good reason for it, for your enjoyment. But as a hard and fast rule, I do find, like, restaurants should be a little bit more flexible on it. Um, so... For a very higher end restaurant, like one that maybe is going to cost, I don't know, a, a one fifty a head or something, uh, I don't think that they usually wait until your party is complete to seat you. They'll usually yeah. let you sit down. Um, well, that if you have a reservation, right? Sure. Yeah. I, see, I, I think it's a difference between if you have a reservation and they're holding the table for your group anyway. I mean, I guess the one problem is like, what do you do in the reservation if 50 minutes after your reservation, the person, you know, half the party is not there? Right. Do so, you just let um, the table go at that point as the restaurant, or what? I think that uh, I really enjoyed our best practices at uh, the Galit, the last restaurant I was at. Um, which, if you had a reservation, we were striving very hard not to seat your party until it was complete. Um, but you have to have experienced hosts um, who are going to know how to play Tetris with this dining room all night. Um, if it's a party of eight, you know that that's the only table that that party of eight is going to let the two sit yeah. down who are early. Um, but even in that instance, you could run into trouble. So the trouble is this. You have your entire dining room plotted out for the night and uh, maybe each table is supposed to take about two and a half hours. And so there's like sort of a, a clock for each reservation where the next reservation is plotted for two and a half hours afterwards. Um, there may be tables that you are hoping are going to get up really fast and they're, they're really going to solve a problem that you have, like a table party of four is going to get up and that way you don't have to sit the party of two at a four top or, you know, stuff like that. And um, you sit down two people of this party of eight and then all of a sudden they're actually a party of six or they're actually a party of four and now they're sitting at the table. So you're an asshole if you now are going to tell them, okay, I need you to stand up for a moment. I'm going to separate these tables or I'm going to move you to this other table because, you know, and um, you you really need to have an experienced host team who can kind of handle this. But I do wish that places would be more flexible with it and kind of if somebody pushes back a little bit just be like absolutely you can take a sleep are we still going to be five are we still going to be and then also once um once the rest of the party is more than 20 minutes late or what have you you kind of go up and say hey i just want to let you know generally speaking we are keeping our reservations to two and a half hours um we definitely are going to have enough time however your time starts now Um, because that's what a reservation is for, you know, you, you didn't make it for half an hour from now, you made it for now. Um, so those are, those are some explanations for why this practice exists. No, I honestly totally come down on the side of the restaurant on this one. This is one that that popped up on some of the Twitter responses that we requested. Most of those had to do with servers. We'll get to those at at a future point, I think. Yeah. Yeah, especially if it's a place that doesn't take reservations. Like, if you're on the wait list, you better fucking have your full party ready. If you're on a wait list and you're expecting to get sat, all right, maybe if you have seven of your eight people, okay. Or five of your six, okay. But, like, to where even if you had five, it would be 
the same size table anyway. That's what you're talking about with like the exactly. host team. But I mean, honestly, as someone who has dined with people before, and because I'm never late, obviously, for I'm always yeah. the one planning these reservations. I'm never going to be late. I feel so stressed out and so bad for the restaurant when the people who are supposed to get there are just late or unreliable or whatever. You have no fuck clue when they're getting there. And it's like, no, I don't deserve to be sat. If my party is not here, <laughs> yeah. I don't deserve to sit down. Like, it's just, I, I completely understand that. Like, this is a business. It's like, you should have picked some more reliable dining partners. It's on you. It's not on the restaurant. Well, and I kind of didn't follow up here, but the one thing that definitely is affecting your experience as the guest when you try to get seated with, like, less than your full party is, okay, so I already said, but getting up possibly then having to move tables or, you know, just sort of unsituate yourself when you've been sitting there for 20 minutes. But also, if you had just waited or got a cocktail or whatever, perhaps the host team is now going to find you a table that doesn't have a reservation behind it and you don't have that time limit, you know? Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, it, it's just, like, trust the restaurant. They know what is probably the best for you and for them. <laughs> and... Well, here's the other thing, too. Like, especially if it's a non-reservation time, you're not going to order until everyone gets there. Right. So, like, like now you're just extending the use of that table for longer when you're not actually ordering anything. Like, oh, you might get drinks. Well, yeah, you could get drinks at the bar just as easily as well. So, I mean, in our society where half of all dinner companions text that they're almost there when they're leaving their apartment. Yeah. (laughs) Or leaving now when they just stepped out of the shower. Yeah, that's very true. Like, you can't... I'm sorry. Like, just as a society, it's just been Boy Who Cried Wolf too many times on this. (laughs) Like, because it's not only that, like, the person who's, like, there and advocating for the group might be lying. They are probably being lied to by their friends who are nowhere close. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Wait, I'm supposed to trust you that your friend is going to be here in 10 minutes? I know what parking yeah. like is like out there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, what else we got here? Um, I really only have one more thing, and it's not uh, necessarily something that I think is annoying that restaurants do, but I wanted to bring it up because it's fairly new. Okay. Um, the restaurants that are including employee benefits on their check, you know, as as just sort of an included two to five percent or whatever it is. How do how do you feel about that? Whatever, whatever makes people willing to pay more. I mean, I like restaurants taking care of people. I don't care whether they. I mean, there, there's no is a business practice. I think it's a, I would do it as a restaurant owner. You yeah. can take care of people. It makes your diners feel like oh yeah this place really takes care of their staff i want to come back here because they're good to their staff and it's also a way to charge more without people complaining so win 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 as far as i'm concerned i mean i agree but it's it's definitely it was a huge point of contention um at the last two restaurants that i was involved with and um i think it's because people just say well why not just raise the prices of your food and uh i guess the the yeah, Small the point the same I'm, reason that airlines don't just raise their fares, they charge all these add-ons, fees. right? Yeah, well, so I, yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to just make the point that for the most part, um, restaurants who are doing or who are charging these um, kind of health benefits surcharges or whatever, one, 
They allow you to opt out of it if you want. Um, you know, you can just say, I don't want to pay this, take it off the bill. But two, um, it's a transparency for their own staff um, because legally they then have to use that, you know, those fees that they're collecting from the guests for that purpose and that purpose only. They can't, you know, then decide that they're just going to use it for some cam fees or like the new roof. Um, and so, you know, it's really, and it's a way to tell the, the guests that if they cared to know. <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I I got no problem with it at all. Um, I mean, there's a little bit of cynicism to it, but whatever, it's fine. Like, if, if that's business. Like, if I understand why they're doing it, and I I mean, it's going to cost what it's going to cost. You could tell yeah. me how much that it's delineated however you want. Like, my final bill is my final bill. Um, okay, I got a few more here. Um, okay. How do you feel about the autograph? Um, so I don't really care. Um, the other thing about autograph is... Well, because you always did a good job and you always got tipped well, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've been screwed out of my share of large party tips, for sure. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of sticker shock at some of the restaurants I worked at, but... Um, I think that if you didn't sign a contract that you should be able to dispute your autograph. Like if you really had bad service and they're putting an 18 or 20% gratuity on your bill of uh, for a party of like six, you didn't sign a BEO, a contract for a private party. You didn't agree to that prior to sitting down at that table and you should be able to say, listen, you know, I, I'm really sorry uh, or maybe I'm not really sorry, uh, but I, I think the server only deserves 16%. Now, I think that you're an asshole if you say that, but uh, but legally, I think you shouldn't be required to pay this gratuity. It, it is gratuity. Well, well they'll usually put it on the menu. Like, like you do, yeah. I think you do have to at least inform people because like, I mean, that's the same thing, right? Like if you put on the menu that the chicken costs $24 and you order the chicken, you now have to pay $24. If it yeah. also says in the menu, parties of six or more autograt 20%, then you're consenting to that by order. Yeah. Now, I mean, should you, if it's just so bad and you want to go complain to the manager, you know, maybe if there's extenuating circumstances, the manager can make an exception. Yeah. But I got no problem with that. I think the greater thing is, you know, when it's like a four person table or something, it's just generally yeah. the policy of the restaurant. How do you feel about that? I mean, I think like it has to exist on large parties because that server is going to spend so much time on them. And if you get stiff, that's like your entire night of tips. So, right. Um, but but for every, what if they do it for every table? Uh, I'm actually more on board with that than just for large party. Uh, hmm. Or like, and by large parties, I mean six or more. Um, right. If 20% gratuity is just what is included for you to dine at their restaurant, sure. Because um, I, well, what I don't like is that like is, is the assumption that uh, a large group is more likely to stiff their server than a too tough. I I don't understand. I know it's a great oh no. Risk. Here's, let me tell you why that is because they're all paying separately and they can't do any math, so they just put in money. I think actually in the Venmo age, it works better now. But like, especially back when everyone was just throwing in cash, they're just like, oh yeah, I got the $24 chicken. So uh, yeah, here's $27. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. That's fair. No, no tax. 
no tip. They forgot about the drink. Yeah, you're right. Well, so there was a period when I, about 10 years ago, I would say, when they got rid of uh, auto gratuities, at least in the city of Chicago. They weren't allowed anymore. Hmm. Um, it was a rough time to be a server. But uh, we handled it, and you just said, to, but it was so expected that the gratuity was included that you had to kind of put the check down and say, I just want to let you know, there is no gratuity included on this bill. Um, that's true actually you should also if you do autograt the server should mention that it is. yeah right now and i think a lot of restaurants screw themselves uh, their servers by autograting for 18 percent or whatever i still tip on top of that obviously yeah but a lot of people probably would and they're like all right well if you're just gonna take this out of my hands then fuck it exactly and uh it also becomes a point of contention in a pooled house where all the servers split some of them will just are the type that put on the autograt and some of them aren't because they think they'll get better tips that way and then mm. whatever they're squabbling because they're all sharing money um yeah, I don't know. Autograt, uh, though, I just think everybody should tip well. I think everybody should understand that is it a shitty situation that servers sometimes make under $3 an hour in this country and that most of their money and income comes from tips? Yes, it's a sh shitty situation, but it is that way, and you should know that, and you should be able to afford eating out while taking that into account so that your service and waitstaff aren't totally broke yeah i just pretend that you're sitting next to me every time i go to write the tip and i do fine so everyone who's listening to this just pretend that olivia is sitting next to you <laughs> yes that's uh that's a good move um i appreciate that i'm glad you've taken it so to heart over the years okay got a couple other things here really loud music obviously i mean i knew that was on your list <laughs> Well, my hearing is atrocious, but okay. So, well, give me the business case for why restaurants. Vibe. One of my least favorite words over the last five years. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously that's a no-brainer that it's to create atmosphere and to get people into the sort of mood and vibe that you want them to be in. Um there's uh, a few other added values to it that it, people probably don't think about, but sometimes the acoustics in your restaurant are actually worse off with quieter music because now you can hear everybody's conversation around the restaurant and yeah. it's almost better to have the loud music than to just have it sound like a cafeteria of like, you know, chairs like scratching across the floor and you can hear every person's silverware and every conversation around you. Um, and then, of course, if you're in an open kitchen, honestly, uh, the chef's yells and, and the callbacks from the line cooks are just sort of blended into that boisterous atmosphere rather than, oh, God, what are they screaming about? Um, yeah. Th that makes some sense. Um, I, to me, the reason I am annoyed by it is it's just trying to signal how cool and hip this place is. Sure. And that they would rather just make this place feel aspirational or that you are so cool and young and you're going to the hot place with this music as opposed yeah. to, I mean, my, the purpose of going to a great dinner to me is the food, but also the companionship that, and anything that negatively impacts that, that I am very much against. I think that, um, um yeah. it, you're not always going to get the, exactly the table you want, obviously, when going into a restaurant. Yeah. But I think 
think the just the option of having a slightly quieter area of the dining room obviously is great. Like, okay, this person requests a quiet table, at least there's, there's the option. Um, it's when every little nook and cranny of this place is just like bumping. Uh, I agree a lot of places their, their music is way too loud. Yeah, uh, this is my last one here. We are so behind as a country for how we pay for it. You mean... It's a waste to not do just the terminal where they bring it right to your table. Oh. And you just pay all in one step. Yeah. Okay. Um, Like, the Canadians have that. Like, why can't we have it? It's just so much better. They just bring you the bill, and then they come over, and you just run your card right there on the portable terminal. Yeah. It saves effort for the server. It saves time for me. I don't have to, like, sit there and wait for 15 minutes to get my bill paid if I want to get out of there. Um, yeah. I I mean, I I do remember the at least the last time I was in Europe, almost everywhere had those. Um yeah. and and it was it was just like part of the way that things are done. Nobody was like offended by it, but I will say that uh it feels it it reads a little fast casual, uh, at least here in the states to me, like when it No, I know. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, you're not getting the that little like book thing <laughs> that like they put put the check in. Well, right? like if you're going, like, what, what am I gonna do unless my uh, unless my credit card is encased in vinyl? Like, am I really? It's not. I, I'm just not gonna experience it upscale enough, right? Uh, it's funny though that uh, based on the QR code conversation and your desire to have paper menus as you know the the sort of best uh, touchstone for for guests in the restaurant, like getting kind of that um, feel for what it is that they're about. Uh, I would say that the presenting the check is the last moment that you get to impress the guest. And I don't know, those little terminals are kind of just like annoying and make you feel like a cog a little bit. But uh, if you have a really nice check presenter and you are able to come back in a timely manner, sometimes that can be a really cute like ending moment too. I don't know. Um, and then really just uh, so many Americans and, and, and restaurateurs and managers are so afraid of you seeming pushy to the guests. I mean, I got fired once for making a guest feel like I was pushy and asking for their check, you know? So uh, I think that little terminal, the little handheld can really, uh, prob- it could probably annoy some Americans who like don't want to be rushed and don't want to be, you know, told when to do things. Yeah, I've, I've, that's never really bothered me. Actually, it was a payment-related mishap that got me fired from one of the two restaurant shops that I had in Hilton Head, South Carolina. They had too many servers anyway. They're looking, they're looking for an excuse, but th- th- that's a story perhaps for another day. But I, I think it's superior. Now, I think maybe the one of the big reasons is, you know, in Europe, it's not a tipping culture, but you know, Canada yeah. it is, but Europe it's not. And so there's no, okay, oh my God, this person is standing right here as I determine their ultimate fate by what I'm going to write down uh-huh. on the tip line. Like I might have to actually remember that this is a human as I'm deciding how much to tip like how awkward yeah yeah i i I think that that's part of why we haven't done the switch (laughs) over i mean we've got it in a lot of like um counter service places right where they just flip over the screen you know for like square payments or whatever and you put in a tip and you sign it 
and they immediately see it. So I guess it shouldn't be as intimidating to do it table side. No, I, I agree. I, I think just in general, I, like if I were running a restaurant, number one, I would just have to make sure the food was really good. And then I could get away with all of like the asshole behaviors that mm. I want to. I mean, I, it, I come down on the side of restaurants, you know, 98% of the time in any kind of a conflict between the restaurant and the customer. But yeah, yeah, I, I think particularly because if the customer ever has a legitimate complaint, the restaurant will take care of you the vast majority of the time yeah. as well. And, you know, most there's some very unrealistic expectations here. Let's see if we have any other comments here on Twitter before we depart. Yeah, um, I had that pulled up and I don't anymore. I apologize, Nate. That's quite all right. Um, yeah, a lot you're... of these are just... Yeah, I mean, we, we got the, the, I don't think there's actually anything that we didn't hit on. Uh, Ooh. Oh, oh this, uh, <laughs> I kind of like this. So this is sort of in the server one, but uh, Lars says, I hate the use of the experiential future tense. This is going to be a sage aioli. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a server it. situation for sure. <laughs> Totally, That's great. Totally. Oh, that is great. Um, one that was suggested to me was uh, plastic utensils indoors. Like, forgivable to have them, or, um, you know, throw away utensils outside. But once you're using those utensils indoors, it's unacceptable. <laughs> like the um, roll up with like little plastic spoon, fork and knife in there. Yeah. Also, invariably, the napkin quality involved there is just completely inadequate. Yeah. Well, it's got to be. It's got to be I'm small need, like, enough to fit little plastic utensils in it. <laughs> oh, oh, actually, I've, I have a little one. The napkin dispensers that only allow you to take one napkin at a time. They are my nemesis. <laughs> and invariably, that's at, like, some wing place or something, like, somewhere where you, like, you need. desperately need yeah. a decent quality. Um, all right, so uh, Paint PDX wrote an entire note file that he shared a screenshot of. And one of the things he complains about is, please allow extra minutes for this item. I can't say that I agree with him on that. I mean, you should, why would I just give you more information on that? Like, he thinks that they're trying to discourage you from ordering it. And I think that's not the case at all. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I, I yeah. My belief is that you're just under-promising over-delivering. If you don't tell, I guess, that, and they don't get an appetizer, and everybody else at their table does, or everybody else at the table is ordering something that takes 10 minutes, and I don't know, they got, what, the spinach pizza souffle, whatever it is. They're setting expectations. They're not trying to tell you not to order it. It's clearly very good, or it wouldn't be on the menu anymore. Nobody wants something to take 25 minutes longer than everything else on there. Um, Yeah. Yeah. People are coming in hungry, and if you don't tell them that it's going to take 45 minutes for their food to come out, particularly at like a pizza place or something like that, they're going to be pissed off. Also, it probably gets them to order an appetizer, which is good for the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also says overly cluttered tables, which I agree with it on that. Where there's like, you know, plastic laminated photos of this one dessert at the chain restaurant. Like on that the sort flip of thing, thing? Where yeah, 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 the flip thing. That's that's atrocious. I think. Yeah. Not a big fan of that, but you know what you're getting at at a place like that. If you if you're going there, like you kind of you want to see the photos. We got to keep the food stylists in business after all. Right. That that was always a, a, an issue that I've had at places though was uh, you know, 
you've got this candle on there and you got like maybe little flowers to start and your place settings and then you forget that you know these people are going to get maybe a bottle of wine they're going to need place for their uh actual glassware to arrive oh there's bread there's like all of a sudden this table is just jam-packed and you can't yeah. do anything about it I, I could tell you i need a lot of space on the table that i'm gonna be eating at i think yeah. i think everyone knows me there um this is actually something that showed up a lot i did a little bit of research on this like some common complaints i think this is in a couple of the comments too apparently there's a big controversy which is nothing that i had ever noticed before of when do you clear someone's plate do you clear it individually mm. when that person is done eating or do you have to wait until every single person is done eating before you start clearing the plate why is that so controversial um i mean it's just a fine dining practice uh in hey 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 sorry cat scratching furniture situation um if uh if it's a, a nicer restaurant you are supposed to wait until everybody is done with their plates before you clear all the plates for the guests um it is to avoid unnecessary interruption uh, and also to make sure that that guest that is still eating doesn't feel like they're being rushed out because, oh, anything yeah. that's empty, we take away. Now, if it's shared plates, um, they can be removed as as needed. So, you know, at a place where you've got uh, dips and spreads and maybe a shared salad and it's family style, any one of those plates can be removed at any time once it's done. Of course. Yeah. So I think the reason it's so controversial is that it's viewed as someone, a restaurant trying to get you to finish faster and turn the table over by clearing yeah. people's plates. And that it is a, an intentional way, subtle but intentional way of pressuring people to finish faster, move you onto the dessert course, move you onto the entree, wh right. whatever the case may be. Do you um, think, is, are there restaurants who are who are that cynical, who are like, no, we're going to do this because we want these people to go fast? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, but it's, it's not even necessarily that they're consciously trying to get these people to go faster. It's that if they're not constantly when you bring something take something away if, if if you're not being working with that efficiency then it's going to take longer to clear the table at the end like everything is about just you know never being empty-handed basically in restaurants right um and i will say that i th there's only been one place that was like totally strict on this role the uh, at least in my work experience most of them you would still remove the plate if like they had clearly pushed it away or if god forbid they put their fucking napkin on top of the plate then you're allowed to you know kind of clear it and get it out of there because now it's just like messy and they've made it apparent that they are done and you know it's time all right well this has been very enjoyable podcasting with you and vincent i'd like to congratulate you like if three were walking around on me like that the way he's been on you this whole time there's no way i could have concentrated on anything <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'm uh, pretty used to it. He's he's uh, a little bit abusive, <laughs> but as as you notice, as soon as the nails go into the couch, it's uh uh, we're done here. Yeah. Now, maybe I'll give you a little podcasting tip that you can just mute your microphone and then yell at him. I do that all the time, actually, when I'm podcasting. But Fair. it adds some color. We're not we're not exactly going for like the professional polished look yeah. on this show, as y'all can tell. All right. Well, 
please subscribe to the Arguing About Food YouTube channel. Hope to have some new content on there soon. And you know, we try to do this every week, every couple of weeks or so. If you had any topics, suggestions, if you had any reaction to this uh, on Twitter, at uh, Orange Live, or it looks best in orange on Instagram is live. And I am Nate Duncan MBA, of course. So we'll talk to you all next time. Bye.